Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. And welcome back to the FPL Roundtable Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. And as always, I'm the stand-in host, Rob Langevin. And on this podcast, we'll bring you weekly updates from the world of fantasy soccer. On today's episode, we'll be discussing a few more rest-of-year options, some injuries, price changes, who to start and sit, and the transfers we've made this week. Let's just start off with injuries. There's been a lot that have been happening during the Capital One Cup. Yesterday, we saw Arsenal... Uh, lose Theo Walcott and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Looks like they'll be out till the end of the international break. Uh, we also saw Diego Costa go down. Uh, Kabai and Balassi both coming up injured today, as well as Pablo Zabaleta. What's your initial reaction to all those injuries? Are you making any moves? Are there any guys you're looking at that could have some impact in those guys' absence? Uh, you know, none of the guys, Sands, Diego Costa, and maybe... Kabai would even be on my my personal fantasy you know radar. Uh, I'm not a believer in Theo Walcott. Um, you know Christian Benteke also re-injured himself, which is no big news because he probably sneezed and hurt himself. Um, and there's a couple other injuries. <laughs> a Liverpool striker uh, injured? No way. Yeah, um, amazing. Let the Dvorak Origi campaign resume. But uh, you know, there's other guys who got a little nicky too. Mark Woodyess for Stoke. Um, and then on other injury news, you know, David Silva was uh, in training this week and Pellegrini's optimistic that he'll come in this week. So that, that just adds another question mark to the, to the transfer fray if, uh, you know, you're looking or own Silva or want to transfer to or from Silva. But we'll get into that later on if, if we need be. Um, most of the injuries, you know, like I said, Walcott, I wasn't rostering anyway. He's too much of a complainer and Arsenal has too many weapons. For me to even trust him, uh, Diego Costa is that gamble second striker. If you have a lot of money in the in in your kitty, uh, the one that really irks me, and I'm interested to see more news on it, is the Johan Kabai factor because he yeah. is the guy that you'd probably own through the midfield there with the Jason Punchins and the Zahas and the Balassis all underperforming, and Kabai looking like the uh, you know the egg that holds the whole batter together. Yeah. Um, but. That, that's just my take on everything. I the Oxley Chamberlain injury, it's it sucks because I like Chamberlain as a player, I like watching him. Um, but from a fantasy perspective, there's not really too much impact for me right now on with the guys at the Capital One injured. Yeah, I wish I had a better answer for some people. I had a couple of folks ask me uh who would step in because with Walcott and Oxlade-Chamberlain out. Who's going to take that other wing? We've seen Ramsey on the quote-unquote wing thus far, but that's only one side. And I don't really have an answer unless they push Cthulhu or Otsala wide the other side, which I guess is doable. I, I'd assume that's what's been happening thus far. Obviously, don't yeah, get to I mean, a whole lot of Arsenal, but... Well, Ramsey's dinged up now, too. He's injured as well. I mean, he's oh, probably yeah. going to be... Oh, right. go, yeah, he's, he's up for some time. He's going to be... I probably what what I would what I would say probably happens is I would say Flam, Flamini probably gets some playing time 
That's mm. probably my. He's probably one of the only non-injured <laughs> midf- midfielders. Yeah, through, this, through this the, is insane. So I have their midfield page up right now. Mm-hmm. The only players not injured: Sanchez, Otsil, Cathorla, Cocolin, Flamini, and Adelaide, who I've never even once heard of. So isn't that like isn't Adelaide a freaking Mumford and Sons song? <laughs> You know what? It absolutely could be. That does sound pretty generic. Yeah, it sounds uh, like they like the video would be them like strumming a yuki ukulele, walking through the woods, talking about uh, maple syrup and uh, <laughs> Paul, Paul Bunyan's blue ox and calling it. I don't know. If it's not a Mumford and Sons song, it will be soon. It is. It is now. <laughs> yeah. So literally, they have five midfielders in a team that often plays a four-two-three-one. That'll be yeah. interesting to see. What happened? You know, I mean, in in a pinch, I bet you they could probably Karen Gibbs could play up in a more advanced role, or maybe a Matteo Debucci. But that's probably in a pinch. Interesting, yeah. If they they played Debucci there and then moved Bellerin up, I think mm-hmm. that that might that might hold some water as well. But anyway, you probably want to avoid all those options anyway. The David yeah, Silva just, thing is interesting. I was eyeing it up myself. Uh, I've had David Silva every year. I've done draft style, which is two years in a row now. I usually have him as one of my best players. Are you at all concerned? I know we talked about it a little bit last week with Kevin De Bruyne. And I do think that this attack can hold both of them and have them maintain most of their value. But are you concerned about any drop-off from the two with both of them on the pitch? Uh, Not really. I think that they... When one plays, the other basically augments the other. When they play individually, they have to find their different roles independently. But De Bruyne can play off of Silva, and Silva can play off of De Bruyne, because De Bruyne mm-hmm. can play more of an advanced role, whereas Silva can play more as that, that taken back, more of a 10 role, whereas De Bruyne can play like that, that, you know, that wide, seven, you know, that wide mm-hmm. role. Yeah. Uh, so maybe yeah. Sterling is the one that hurts from this? I, I just don't see there I, being enough balls to go around everywhere there, especially with the Aya Toure still in the mix as well. It, it's exactly what I was just going to say. I think if the one person it really, truly hurts is Sterling because the last game, last couple of games that I've seen, uh, Boney's mobility is not what it is. or He basically, he barely, he doesn't move very well or much to, yeah. to help. He, he sits on the edge the, of the box or in the box. Absolutely, he's a hold it up. He's a hold it up power forward kind of player, and take it and pass it off. Uh, and what I've noticed is that Sterling has basically jumped him on occasion and been playing on top of him, or at mm. least laterally to him. Yeah. So I think in that situation, if Silva's back in the lineup, I think Sterling may even probably be withdrawn in in a, as a starter, or you know he'll come on later later in the game if Silva isn't fit for this first game. De Bruyne will play wide Silva in the middle with Navas and then or y- and then Yaya and Fer- Fernando and Fernandinho behind. I, I think the Fernando Fernandinho thing is really working for City right now, and I think they like it. Interesting. I think in what free- sense? Because the two <clears throat> matches that I've seen it in were the six one to Tottenham and the nil nil to United. I'm just saying it's working with the with the talent they have now. Like when Silva comes back, it completely negates it. Oh, when, I when see. What Silva, you're when, so, yeah, so when Silva down. comes back in, when Silva comes back in. Yaya is going to fall into one of, one of those back, those farther up behind the pitch roles. Also, I think and I said Silva, 6-1, and I'm pretty sure it was like 4-1 or 4-2. But anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know what? City has so many weapons. I, I mean, yeah, I, you have to worry about it, it hindering a little bit of it. 
but the good thing is, you know, you get points for assists and goals. So, and vice versa for each yeah. guy. And each guy has shown the ability so far this year and in previous years to give you both abilities. You know, yeah. De Bruyne can score and he can pass, and Silva can definitely pass, and he can score on occasion when he wants to. Uh, I think that those two actually are better together when Aguero isn't in because Aguero demands the ball more at his feet um, yeah. inside the box, whereas Boney is kind of a, a luck, luck forward. I'm, I know it's a horrible catch of phrase, but he's more of a I'm going to be in the right place at the right time kind of forward. Yeah. And these, these two can play off of, off of them, each other instead of uh, inc- incorporating uh, a, Aguero when he's not there. And have Boney take up space in the middle. I think it's I think it's better for these two now that Aguero isn't in. And then when Aguero comes back in, I think it, I think that's when you start questioning. Well, I can't I can't roster De Bruyne and and Silva and Aguero. So I think you really have to pick one of the three most likely, or possibly two. I would say two. I think you could probably get away with two, but I wouldn't go with all three as like you're you know if you're going all out city attack. Yeah. Well, all excellent points there. I think we're going to head straight to price changes now. Uh, for me, in the buy before their prices continue to go up more category, uh, starting off with Odeon Ikalo, uh for Watford. I've probably slept on him a little too long now. Uh, brought him in at 5.3. Uh, but he has contributed to seven of Watford's eight goals uh, with five goals and two assists. Which is insane, considering coming into the year, you know, the big argument was Troy Deeney or Callum Wilson. You know, as the up-and-coming strikers, which one are you going to get? They're the, they're the Charlie Austin and Harry Kane and Danny Ings of this year. Um, and Agallo, obviously, is the, the one that's uh, burnt the brightest. Uh, unfortunately, a lot due to Callum Wilson's uh, injury that will keep him out for the year. But I, I don't see Agallo calming down anytime soon, considering how vital he is to their attack. Uh, I, ju- I just brought him into my team right before we, we started recording um, because I trust him more. I was looking at all my prices. I still haven't dropped Aguero, by the way, from all those weeks ago. I just haven't had... I've had too many other issues to get mm-hmm. to something where I'm making two or three moves at a time. Uh, so benching him, playing five midfielders, but I brought in Agallo over any other striking choice because I have four or five in the bank, which is way too much. But wait, you brought him in over 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 the luck child Harry Kane? I did, I oh did. My god. Because oh my god, because stop the podcast. <laughs> because Aston Villa is a good matchup this week, yes. But the three matches after that, Arsenal, West Ham, Chelsea, don't love yeah, that at I, all. I I no, want to see, I, and it was one match. I want to see it twice. And we talked about this earlier in the season, that I, <laughs> much detriment to my uh, radio analysis, will always wait an extra week than move a week early. And I'm fine yeah. with that. I'm comfortable with that. And so for the listeners out there, you need to find out what you're comfortable with. If you want to always be on the cusp of who's the next best thing, like in fantasy baseball, we all have players and friends in leagues that are on every single prospect that gets called up. And so they waste their waiver claim on four of them, but maybe two of them hit. And so then they're ahead on that. If you're comfortable doing that and you're willing to throw stuff at anything that sticks, and then you're ahead on some of them. I like to wait. Kane, yes, hat trick. Yes, Aston Villa. Very good matchup as they sit 20th. Uh, 
But I'm not sure I trust anyone because trust is based on repetitive performance and consistency. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if behind Vardy, there's a striker you can trust right now as much as Odia Nogalo. There, there honestly isn't. And getting back to your original point, I remember that debate we had in the preseason when we were in New York City doing the, the ranking summit. And we basically went around to everybody on the, that was there. There were seven or eight of us. And everybody had to name the one guy from the promoted clubs that was going to be promoted. And I actually said that I liked Odia Nogalo only yeah. because he, he wasn't getting the love that everybody else was. So based on the ownership at the beginning of the season, I've owned a Galu for a while. I've owned him since probably like week four. <clears throat> so I've been sitting and riding him for a very long time. And with the way that Dini Did, did you get playing, him at five? Is that where he started? I, I'm at five one. I got him at five mm, one. Dang. Um, so the way that Dini is playing, uh, he's being basically the perfect captain for Watford. You know, he's accepting that he's not the the one only option up there. He's accepting that he's the 1A and B option there and playing well with Agalu because most of the goals that Agalu gets are through Dini's foot. Uh, I think he's assisting on what – on he's how many goals does Agalu have? Uh, three? Five. He's on five. Five. He, five goals, two Yeah, I think, I think I read Dini assisted on three of them. So he's basically being a direct passer to Agalu up top and – a couple that I can remember just off the top of my head, most of them are like basically Dini gets it at the 18 and passes to Ogallo and Ogallo shoots and scores. I mean, that's basically, that's like Utah jazz basketball in the, <laughs> the 90s. I mean, it's Stockton, it's like Stockton to, to the African Malone. <laughs> <laughs> to the mailman. Yeah, no, yeah, to, that's, that's an excellent point. Uh, uh, but I, I, I like the Gallo coming in only because Nobody was paying attention to me. And the ownership rates are what drive your success. Differential, in yeah. F it, especially in the FPL. Um, and Dini, yeah, three assists, which you mentioned. <clears throat> yeah, so, you know, always look for that advantage, especially ownership-wise. So if you're ever on the fence with some guy, you know, listen, everybody wants to swim with the fish. But guess what? If you swim with the fish, you're not going to make up everything because everybody's going to be making the same moves. Like, everybody's bringing in the Bruinas and... Kane is going to be the number one transferred in guy by Friday. It's probably yeah. going to be close to 300,000. Uh, everybody's going to make those moves. Uh, go with the secondary move, like this week. There's great moves to be had. Those guys are probably owned a lot, but they're mm. probably being dropped a lot as well. Yeah. Like like a, like a Lukaku, who actually has a great upcoming schedule. I actually mm -hmm. like it, Everton's upcoming schedule. Yeah. <clears throat> but And, and Pella know, stayed off my hate list this week only because he's facing Bournemouth. Otherwise, we yeah. have absolutely not even talked about him, uh, obviously, without his uh, boyfriend, Sadio Mane, out of the side. Yeah, and that's a, that's a great debate I had today with one of my one of my mates. They're like, well, I'm probably going to bring in Harry Kane for, for Graziano Pellet. I'm like, Ooh. well, how does that, how does that move me? <laughs> I'm like, you're, you're trading one you good know, game for four. Four. Like, exactly. Because Kane's going to have a better match than Pella this week. I think that's inarguable. Well, I mean, but... but but, but, Pella, but Pella's schedule is Bournemouth, Sunderland, Stoke. Yeah, yeah. And Stoke, and then, then I know City. everybody like shivels up, shrivels up at yeah, the name they, of Stoke, but they are not that Stoke that you're remembering. Yeah, and then, they, then he has City, and then he plays Villa. I mean, so basically, you're good into the middle of December if you, yeah. if you roster Graziano Pella. If you bring in Kane, you're basically, all right, well, if he doesn't do anything now, he'll do it, he may do it the next game. Or he may do it the next game because those those fixtures are not in Spurs' favor, probably in, no. in most likelihood. 
I, and, so, and as a general rule, I like to try to stay away from Darby's when I can. Because they're just yes, insane. And it led to something really uh, angering last year. Which is, last year I pulled out Kane right before the uh, North London Derby. In which uh, he scored both goals for Tottenham. Which, you know, might have been a clue that maybe I'm a little too cautious at times. But you, you don't love yeah. the matchups Kane has immediately after. Although, and I'll get to this a little bit later in uh, Start Sit, the player that you do want from Tottenham this week is Christian Eriksen. Mm-hmm. That and that's that is that's actually my one transfer this week. So yeah, yeah. All right, well, it's pretty we'll, funny. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll get into we'll get into that later. We always we always jump ahead. We do. Like, oh. and, it, and then we're like, oh, at the end of the show, what are we going to talk about? I don't know. Let's talk about shoelaces <laughs> and their effectiveness to modern security of footing. <laughs> <laughs> you but, could literally stop listening 15 minutes before the end of every yeah, show we, we give do, everything because we've already <laughs> given it away all right we're gonna try so, to retain so, that a little bit more <laughs> yeah, so, so so price change wise no real surprises on anybody that went up vardy agalu kane i'm gonna just run down the list vardy yeah. agalu kane sanchez ozil de bruyne payet bellerin smalling and then I believe two goalies went up. I just didn't write Lloris them down. Lloris was one but, of them, I knew. Yeah, Lloris and insert other keeper. <laughs> but none of those guys are like, oh, it's too late. Besides what you said about Agalu, because of his price point right now, he's still very cheap. And his ownership. He's still... he up to 13% now. <clears throat> Absolutely. And climbing every, every, every day. Um, of those guys, there's probably one, two, three, four... There's probably five guys on that list already that you should already own. So basically, all this is doing is increasing your roster value yeah. every time these guys go up. And they're basically fantasy staples. The Vardys, yeah. the Sanchez, the Ozil. Utsul, the by the way, the is not getting nearly enough love. Like, literally the not. only reason he's not in my team is because I'm in a Tottenham league that forbids it. Um, yeah. But he ranks I, first I lo- in assists and chances created. And his next six are Swansea, Tottenham, which you don't love. West Brom, Sunderland, Norwich, Villa. That's yeah, insane. Mean, that is one top eight defense in the next six. Yeah, and, but West Brom isn't isn't eh. They're not eh. Right, but they every play, time they, they, they concede, they concede two. Every time. <clears throat> yeah. And and I don't see right. I don't see West Brom keeping Arsenal out. I just no, don't. I don't either. I don't either. But but you're right about Ozil's ownership. It's it's very because I think people have been burned. A lot by Ozil in the last two seasons that yeah. they're like, eh. Yeah, he's like the, you know. But he's actually finding of... his footing. He's he, seven assists. Yeah. He's on. Yeah, yeah. But you know, Arsenal's also finding the net, and Giroud is playing very well. Who yeah. is very? Who's another guy who's very? His ownership rate it doesn't show how effective he is because uh, no, Giroud he's is just, probably he's one just of those... one of the most frustrating owned. <clears throat> yeah, he's one of those guys that uh, a lot of teams that are probably deceased right now or zombie teams are still rostering just because, well, it's, a, it's, they, they didn't know we early lost on. Walk yeah, <laughs> exactly. So they just, so they're just, they're, they're already on the fantasy, uh, American football. So they just don't pay attention to this until after December. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, so, so price change wise, there's nobody really besides Zagalu, like you said before, that I would have to be like, all right, I got to jump in now or it's too late. Um, yeah. Well, I, I would warn people off of Hugo Lloris, as surprising as that may be to some. First bump of the season, but 5-1, it, it just seems really high for a clean sheet gamble. Because he is not getting saves this year. 
Because again, citing the the conversations we had in New York at the ranking summit, the best keepers are ones behind slow defenses because mm-hmm. they'll keep out the easy chances and on the one-on-ones that are created, you're giving your, your keeper more opportunities for saves. And exactly the Tottenham defense has quickly and somewhat accidentally almost gotten too good uh, for Hugo Lloris, unless you're w- willing to roll a clean sheet gamble. And it is a gamble, even if it has very good odds, which I think is the case. But Tottenham's still just on four clean sheets. And I know still best the defensive record in, in the league with just eight conceded, but still just four clean sheets, which is two behind, I think it's City United West Brom, if memory serves. Um, so anyway, I, I just think that's too much, especially with the three matches I mentioned before. Arsenal scoring, West Ham scoring, Chelsea starting to find scoring form. Uh, I just don't think that 5-1 is worth it. I think it's my hill yeah. and or Gomez or McCarthy if you're looking for just a price sink or bust. Yeah, it's but it's for me it's it's Butland, my hill or bust. Yeah, it's, yeah, Butland, those, Butland those, absolutely. Yeah. But Butland, my hill or bust. Because Stokes' defense is especially now that they that Moody Essa might be missing, their defense is definitely going to take a take a little uh, knock. Mm. Uh, and my hill is just he's the best fantasy keeper right now for my for my yeah. buck. And by the way, this has nothing to do with fantasy. Fantasy. Apparently, fantasy. apparently I'm Mike Tyson now. Um, fantasy. Uh, very good player. Doesn't matter in fantasy at all. Philip Volscheid is absolutely a very good center back. And I know a lot of people, actually probably nobody cared but me, that Robert Huth was allowed to leave and become such a stalwart for Leicester. But Philip Volscheid is very good at Stoke. That's really I, I, I agree that I agree that he's very under underrated. Yeah. But don't pick him up in fantasy because Stokes defense just no. isn't that good, as we just no. mentioned. Def- um, definitely not. The one that dropped in price that I'm looking at, which is really easy because he's never left my team, is Yaya Toure uh-huh. at eight five. And I've ridden up with eight eight point five up to nine and all the way back down, citing aforementioned bigger issues uh, in my side. The matchup is favorable both this week and next week, but this is largely a gut call. And I looked at the stats to back me up, and I'm not going to hold anything back. The stats literally tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> um, but I'm going to agree that you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure. I just have this timer in my head that's like, is he capable of being this ineffective for five straight weeks? And... Again, just entirely gut call. I just don't think he can. I don't think he can be this ineffective for that long. And I realize that he's getting worn out in other competitions. Played today again. <coughs> played in all the Champions League matches. He just needs a rest and he'd be fine. But he has looked good in those other competitions. I think he scored from a penalty today. I, I don't know. I, I just have this weird feeling about Yaya Toure. And if I'm wrong, I'll look like an idiot and just drop him next week. Uh, but but I'm holding on to hope. I, I think he could do something this week. So please, yeah, yeah. I haven't lost any money on him yet, except the money that I yeah. earned and then lost. But if if he drops to eight four, I'm gonna have to start questioning it. But this just a weird hunch for this week. Yeah, the, there's a lot of guys that are uh, early year roster darlings that that are finally coming to the fray, and we see them every week, and they're becoming names we mention every week, like Yaya dropping again. Uh, Andre Au actually dropped again, even though he scored, which is pretty funny. Your your <laughs> boy Sex Sex Panther dropped again. 
Uh, I, I dropped Anthony, it from my side. Shockingly. Yeah, it's, it's about time. You know, I actually had a note here. I'd be like, if Kevin didn't drop him, go, go <laughs> yeah. drive to his house and punch him. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely true. Uh, the other guy that, that dropped is uh, that was every, on everybody's roster for weeks at a time was Anthony Martial. Yep. Or Anthony. Anthony, Anthony, Anthony Martial. He still, he still owned in 28% of leagues. <laughs> the French Thierry Henry. <laughs> yeah, the French Thierry Henry, who, who is struggling a little bit. But he, at 8 3, it's still not good. He's still eh. Uh, the one guy, price wise, to me, that um, looks like it. it, it, it for, for this guy, it depends on playing time. And that guy is. We're going to get into this right after the segment about defense from a carryover from last week of guys you want to roster. Um, you want to get guys on teams that have a great defensive record. This team, Arsenal, has a great defensive record. The guy, the guy level with Tottenham is, for fewest goals conceded. Yeah, at eight. absolutely, absolutely. There's four. I believe there's four teams that have led in eight so far. Um, but. This guy is Diego Costa's best friend, probably cellmate for life. You know, Gabriel, Poli- <laughs> Gabriel Polista. But but he is the cheapest entry into the Arsenal defense. You know, nobody knows if Murdersack is going to come back and be himself. He might he might come in, prove that he's not fit or not effective. If and he loses Polista. an ounce of pace, he's worthless in real life. He he if he was kind of worthless worthless last year. He's like a <laughs> he's like. He's like a defensive totem pole. <laughs> you know, if Murdasacker means bad bad defenseman in German, that's basically what it means. But Jesus. that's just me. That's that's uh, harsh. And I'm a Tottenham fan. I'm just, oh. I mean, two years well, ago, they were the best well, defensive pairing in the league. Was him and yeah. uh, Koscielny. Well, Koscielny, yeah. But the funny thing is, if if anybody is German and listening to this, and they know a little bit of German, they actually know what his name means in German. So we're gonna is leave it, it at that. that. It's, is it, what you, was that not a joke? What? No, no, it's not that. It's worse than that. Oh, <laughs> okay. In in, in, Ger- in German, Merte means the stuff that comes out of your refuse hole. Hmm. So basically, if you take that with Sacker, his name is blank Sacker. Well, there you go. So I think I was being nice with the German totem pole. But that's okay. <laughs> Dude, you are killing it with these titles. <laughs> Sell the yeah. German totem pole. Seems like the, the winner in the clubhouse for sure. Yeah. But I always look for the cheapest entry point into a successful defense. And if Gabriel finds finds a time to be that, he's going to be that guy. He actually dropped in price. He's only 4'8 now. So mm. he's... Clearly, he's easily the cheapest option there who's actually getting playing time there. Because I'm not really counting, you know, Callum Chambers. He's not even existent. I'm not even, I think Callum Chambers is an illusion of a hologram. And he, I think he performed, he did like Mariah Carey, where she performed five concerts all at once and hologram <laughs> stuff. Um, but, but yeah, get, get an entry level guy on a good defense. And, but we're going to get into that in a second. Or we could just segue into it right now because it's being Nicely an awesome done. segue that I'm just talking about it. Yeah. Uh, so last week, Kev, me and you were talking about rest of season and how to construct your roster and guys basically put into into pods of three or four or multiples. And we, we chose guys out of that for forwards and midfield. And we, we, did, we ran out of time last week because I think we went like three hours and 20 minutes last week. <laughs> we, it we was had a feature like that. <laughs> yeah, it was a complete diatribe of fantasy knowledge. 
but we didn't, we, we never got to defense. So the defense is actually kind of easy. It's not something that you're going to, you're going to be selective and take guys out and put them by price and by form. It's kind of a simple system. Basically, well, does you your want, wing backs well, are going to get more assists and your center backs are going to get more goals? Absolutely. But I base it on, on teams. I pick a guy from the top three or four teams. So basically my system, and not everybody has the same system, I try to get three guys from the top four defensive teams. So you get one guy from United City, Spurs, or Arsenal. So you get three guys out of four teams. So you get one guy from each of those teams. So you're completely covered yourself from those, those three or those four teams. Then the last two guys, you basically are going to have a defensive rotation. You find two teams that rotate very nicely, whether it be West Ham, Southampton right now, or in 10 games, you find another link up that looks well, you know, West Brom and a Stoke say they match up. Well, I don't know why they would, because you wouldn't want to roster a Stoke guy, but he's, but look at this way. He's your fifth defender. And you're only really truly going to play three. If you're playing a three, five, two, yeah. or a three, three, four, three, or whatever, you're only really ever going to play three. And then sometimes with the, with the bonus features this week, you might only even play two one week. So, you only really need three quality defenders. And by covering yourself by taking one key defender from the United, the Cities, the Spurs, the Arsenals, or or the like, or even a West Ham in there, you could throw them in there. They're slightly a little bit, you know, like, like one B option. But as long as you build your defensive unit around successful teams and then rotate matchup-wise for the other two guys, you're always going to be covered because – Say City plays Spurs, then you could take those both out of the equation and you'll have two other guys that can just plug right in. It's a simple system. I mean, I'm, this isn't rocket science. I didn't invent this on my own. I probably stole it from somebody somewhere. It's not rocket surgery. <laughs> it's, not rocket si- it's not rocket surgery. But, I mean, Kev, I mean, do you have a similar system to, to what I was saying? Or how do you construct your defensive uh yeah foolishly <laughs> admittedly Haphazardly. and I, I think i mentioned it in my articles don't know if i mentioned it on here i i kind of earned my title as fantasy expert through draft style which is a very different uh beast uh and so it's much more based on of course individual players are owned by one person so not everybody can have them and i find myself much like kickers in fantasy football drawn to the same guys uh, and so that makes a lot of sense, what you're saying. Uh, I guess in theory, I have done it uh, with Kolarov, Darmian, and Dawson, but I don't. I'm I'm trying to get rid of Darmian. I'm not really sure Smalling is somebody I want from that defense instead. Uh, I have Joel Ward still, uh, even though he's been out for a while. Again, bigger fish to fry, uh, roster wise. Still have Matty Target in. Probably going to keep him. Just nice to have that 4.0 price sink. Um, yeah, well, but I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but you you need another wild card to fix for what you need. <laughs> you I need really a, do. Need a, I really, really should have just waited, except that I was because uh, because the, the natural move for right now for the for the people who own Matthew Target and anybody who's like, I, there's a couple teams in my leagues that guys that basically they've used their wild card and constructed their entire team with only one sub that is actually useful. Yeah. The other two guys are basically price dumps, yeah. The, the, yeah, like cheap defense, cheap defensemen. Um, the the natural switch right now, and it makes obvious sense because he's actually coming back, getting playing time. Is is Danny Simpson for for Leicester? He, he's actually cheaper if you if you act fast than Matt Target. Oh, is he a three nine? Oh, 
He's at 3-9. That's insane. Also, uh, while we're talking about interesting defenders, I know you literally just said to get people on good teams, but uh, somebody that nobody has seemed to mention is actually playing now is Christian Fuchs for mm-hmm. uh, Leicester because uh, everybody's last year hero, Jeffrey <clears throat> Schlupp, is now actually playing in midfield every match. So that has opened and up playing, a spot for Christian and, Fuchs. And the play, and the play is representative of what Lester needs to be doing. Yeah. And he the is their best dead ball taker as well. Yep. So he isn't yep. taking all of them, but he should be taking all their free kicks and corners yeah. soon. Well, he didn't he didn't luck into being the captain of Austria. So, <laughs> That's true. You know, I mean, with him on the one side and Simpson on the other, it allows a lot more fast defense and allows the mistakes of Morgan and and Schlupp can can cover better than most other because he's probably one of the fastest guys in the Premier League <laughs> yeah. that, that nobody really talks about. Uh, oh look, Leicester yeah. have more players that can go forward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. That's great. <laughs> let let the tinkerer get more toys. You know, uh, you know, because in the middle he's got he's got the two uh, you know two giants with Morgan and Hooth and then Simpson and and. And Fuchs on the outside. I almost said. I almost said the wrong word there. Yep. Because yep. it. <laughs> it's so yeah. easy, but there yeah, there is an umlaut as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Fuchs. So, yeah. There's. Fuchs. <laughs> yeah. But, but then, yeah, then yeah. you have Mares and Schlupp. It's just it's just silly the kind of pace they're dealing with. Yeah, and it, it's you know the, the best the best kind of uh, tool maker uh, toy makers have the most tools in their chest. I guess I don't. <laughs> I, I I really don't know. There's probably an, a, a limerick or an analogy. Yeah, there's some somewhere. metaphor in there somewhere. Okay, so four defenses. Right now, rest of season, who are your top four teams defensively? It's it, it's They're probably what they are right now. It's United, City, Arsenal, Spurs. Hmm. With like West Brom, order. like a close five, and then everyone else? It'd be like West Brom. And you know what? I'm still not sold that Southampton isn't going to be like a defensive team. Oh, my gosh. So Virgil would... van Dyke is so good. And I He's wish he ever piece. showed it for Netherlands. Like, just once. Yeah. Maya Yoshida scored tonight. Can their defenders stop scoring for like a second, yeah. please? Yeah. So, I'd put the four teams the four teams in one bracket. Arsenal, United City, and Spurs. And they're like A. Mm-hmm. And then column B would be West Brom, West Ham, uh, West Ham, and South and Southampton. Those would be like the secondary teams for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. So build your roster accordingly, people across the universe. <laughs> All right, and now we will head into our starts and sits. Um, for me, with my starts, I. <laughs> I, I mentioned I already I dropped Buffett at Simbigo Mies, my husband, and it pained me so. Uh, called got, him preseason. Who got the cat? Fifteen who goals. Who got the cat? I st- who got the cat in the divorce? <laughs> I don't like cats, so I let him take it. Uh, it's actually a puma. <laughs> anyway, um, it pained me. I still think he could get to fifteen goals. I realize it's less likely now. Because he has been so disappointing over the last three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. I keep trying to color that to make myself sound better. Um, that no Swansea, goal, no goal since week four. Yeah, that Swansea like, would be remiss to not bring anyone in in January, which I think makes this a much bigger issue. But I'm going for an ex-Swansea striker here. 
and a player that is on the other side of Gomis, who I have hated pretty much since he left Swansea, Wilfried Bonney, who uh, has not filled Aguero's shoes very well in years past, but thus far has done very well filling in. Scored again today, I believe. Uh, scored two, I think. Uh, not against United, but the week before that. Facing a Norwich side, yet to keep a clean sheet this season. We mentioned the potential return of David Silva earlier. Just improves his chances of scoring goals. I, I think that this matchup went from acceptable to favorable uh, with, the, with the possible return of Silva. And I think this offers a pretty tasty matchup for the Ivorians. Um, yeah, I... I tend to agree with you there. Yeah. Uh, midfield, mentioned him earlier. Christian Eriksen, a.k.a. The Great Dane, which is a phenomenal nickname. I don't care what the haters say. Uh, <laughs> he scored two goals and notched three assists in his last five matches. Nine chances created in just the last two. Now facing 20th place Aston Villa, Sans manager. <laughs> um, this very same Aston Villa side, which we mentioned in the open, Block A, if you will, uh, in production terms. Uh, this Villa side brought Andre Ayu and Sigurdsson back from the fantasy grave, having themselves struggled weeks in a row. Just imagine what an inform Eriksson can do to this defense slash midfield. Uh, rumors that Jordan Veratu may be back in time. You'd think that anyone other than Tim Sherwood would realize that Jordan Amavi is their, literally their best player. And should probably therefore be on the pitch. But none of that is enough to put me off Erickson. Already in form against one of the worst offenses in the Premier League. I have absolute faith that Erickson can get the job done this week. Against a side that has the second worst defensive record this season. And guess what? We're going to roll right on to defenders. Already mentioned him. Last week, I told you every Danny Rose. I know that he conceded the goal, which kept them from all getting the clean sheet. But you know what he did? He got you an assist later in the match to make up for it. Spurs defenders again, because not only are Aston Villa the second worst defensively, they're also the second worst in attack. So this is not an ideal match for Aston Villa. Everybody looked at last week and said Tottenham have to win this one big. And they did. For some reason, that narrative isn't around this week. If Tottenham don't win this match by two goals, there are questions that have to be asked. Because this is an awful side that has now lost their manager. Uh, and I mentioned him a little bit earlier for a sneaky play. Christian Fuchs, I think, is an interesting one. Again, best dead ball taker at the club. And Albion aren't exactly racking up goals. So Leicester could maybe sneak their second consecutive clean sheet. All good choices, Kev. I have to agree. They're all very good. Ah, oh, very My, kind. Who do you got? Yeah. Uh, up top, I have... Uh, I'm going to go with the West Ham striker and Diafre Sacco. Yeah, very underrated. I just see see something that West Ham's going to come in to Watford, and he's he's due for a goal. He hasn't had one in three weeks. I could see him bulging the the old onion bag this week. He's he's only owned in 5.6% of leagues. That's across the the dot-com universe. At his his price point, he's basically the in-between expensive and not expensive. But the way that the forward the forwards are right now, that everybody's basically under you know nine except for Kane that you'd really want to own. Yeah. So I'm gonna roll with I'm gonna gamble and say that Sacco's actually find finds the net. Uh, then I'm gonna go with two really obtuse guys that are owned 
barely anywhere. I'm going to go to Everton for the midfield. Everton, I mentioned it before. I love their upcoming schedule. It's There's a lot of games in their next five that are in their favor. And this guy has been playing very, very well for them. And I'm going to go with Gerard Delafeu. Ooh, uh, nice. He's... If you watch him, he's kind of frustrating to watch because he's he's on the ground a lot and he's pouting. I don't. I'm not a pout fan. Yeah. But production, if he, as long as he's producing, yeah. <laughs> if if he's if he's producing, like he has been, he's good for you. He's good for fantasy. He's good for you. He's got three assists in the last four. Three assists in four games. Uh, Everton's upcoming fixtures. Home to Sutherland at West Ham, home to Aston Villa at Bournemouth. Those are the next four games, and then at then home to Crystal Palace, then at Norwich. So it he's got at least he's got five out of six games in there that are a benefit to you at his price point at six point two. He's he's basically your he'd be your probably your cheapest midfielder. So he'd be that rotational with the third third striker. Yeah, um, you know he's all. He's owned in 0.2% of leagues right now. 0.2. Those are the things. And yeah, and, and, and if and people they, aren't aware that he's been playing that well, then they're also unaware that Aruna Kone was dropped three weeks ago. So get mm-hmm. him out of your side if for some reason you've just kind of assumed that he's still relevant. Yeah, absolutely. Drop the drop the Kone, who was a, a, a cheap buy early on. Kone was actually giving you. Yeah. So, um, defensively, I like taking advantage of guys stepping in for injuries. It's easier for me to just say pick up a Southampton defender this week because the matchup is in their favor. Or you could just go with a, a, a Cresswell from West Ham because mm. I like their fixture as well. But I'm going to go for the guy filling in for uh, the injured departed, uh, excuse me, uh, Phil Jagielka. Mm. And I'll go with Funes Mori from yeah. Everton. Like I just said, I, I love Everton's upcoming schedule. I just mentioned it. Sunderland, West Ham, Aston Villa, Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, Norwich. Those are the next six. That takes you almost to Christmas. Yeah. Also, while we're talking about Everton, neither of us mentioned Ross Barkley. This is one of those you want him back in your side period. A- absolutely. And what I didn't mention with Delafeu is Delafeu is the contrarian play for if someone is already owning Barkley and you're trying to make up yeah. progress. Yeah. Because Barkley is owned. I think it's close to, to 22%. He's, he's owned the, far too much. I'm just going to yeah. say that. There are weeks where but, you want him and weeks where you don't, which makes anything north of 15 a little absurd. Yeah, absolutely. And and don't get me wrong, Barkley, when, he, when he's on, he's a great, phenomenal player. But the ownership rate is just not in, in, in your favor. Yeah, you just never, compared you, to, you never want to pay for the upside of a player. Nope. You want to pay that's for their average. You, and yep, his average why you, isn't phenomenal. Nope. It's not at all. And that's why you go for a lesser owned guy like Delafeu. And that's why I'm going that's why I put Funes Moray in there. You know, Degielk is out. He's gonna be out for a while. Moray stepped in last week. Did okay. Didn't do great. I mean, played they were playing an Arsenal squad, so it's tough to judge against a, a good attacking team. Uh like like Arsenal. Uh he's owned in zero point zero percent of league. <laughs> He's, be he's the at, first. He's still, yeah, he's he's at that entry level five dot five price for the the middle ranked defenders. Um, he's one of the rotational guys that we talked about before. He's not on the Uniteds, the Cities, the Spurs, or the Arsenal's. He's on the guys that you're that rotationally 
have a good upcoming schedule that you can play off of each other. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say the schedule again, but look at the schedule. They have five out of six fixtures in their favor. Uh, if you're looking for an advantage in your league, Everton is not a place where people go to look for 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 starting options. Uh, yeah. All right, we'll just go right into sits. How's that? Yep, yeah, go for uh, it. Sit wise, I'm, I I preached his I preached his praises two weeks ago, and we I think we even named the show after him. But uh, I'm going to sit Craig Dawson on defense this oh, week. No. I just don't... Oh no! Oh <laughs> no! But yeah, I don't see West Brom keeping clean sheet against Leicester, uh, even if even if it is at home. I just don't see it. Um, midfield wise, I'm avoiding anything Norwich this week because yeah, we've green we've, and brought, we've written them for two weeks in a row. But yeah, I'm also down yeah. on them this week. Green, green, the green and yellow are green and yellow, get, green and yellow. <laughs> get black and blued this week. Yeah, so Hulahan Red, Hulahan or Redmond, they should. You're probably not going to play him if you have him. So he'll be if somebody doesn't play in your injury reserve. And my bench is an easy one. It's the Kevin DeVries special, and I'm going with Bafa Timmy Gomes. Yeah. You know, if he scores, good for him. If he doesn't, you should have dropped him anyway. Yeah. That's the, the best way I can explain it to you. I, I'm 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 one match away from unownable. That's how bad yeah. it's gotten. I think this is the this is the first week for me that he's basically become. The, Droppable, but it's oh, gonna move really yeah. quick. Yeah, yeah. He's like the guy. He's like you're you're at a party and you're talking about everybody in the room, and all of a sudden you start talking really bad about that guy, and it's Buffett and Mikomi standing right there staring at him, <laughs> just with really sad eyes. Yeah, he's like, but I brought but I bought bean dip. You know, no, dude, you had eyes. your chance, man. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yep. Um, for me, my sits, I had forward. <laughs> Any striker in the Liverpool Chelsea match, uh, Falcao and Ramey, both horrendously unhelpful during Costa's last absence, assuming he does miss. Hearing that Sturridge and Benteke both likely to miss again at the weekend, want zero parts of Divock Origi, so I made it really easy for you. I ruled out six strikers for you. I don't know what else you want from me. Midfield, Wilfried Zaha and Yannick Bellassi. Lassi obviously got his head cut today. I wrote this up before I even knew about that. They've combined for just two goals and two assists all year. Both have taken turns in and out of the side. And it's to the point where with Kabai Hurt, I don't want to own a single Palace player. And I like watching them. I get to cover them for, for Play Taga. I think they're a very fun side to watch. But from a fantasy aspect, Suarez out injured as well. Joel Ward just working his way back into the side. I just don't want to own a Crystal Palace player. I just don't. Zaha is one of the most frustrating owns because when he shows up, it's kind of like the, the Barkley thing, but a little more harsh on the extremes. That on Zaha's day, he tends to be one of the best players on the pitch, but he just doesn't show up often enough. Got benched last week. Yannick Bellassi has always been too much of a flair player and catches the eye much more than he actually performs. I just want out of this. I just want out of this. I don't want any part of this Crystal Palace midfield at all. Maybe once Wickham gets in, if a couple of those crosses start bouncing off that big old noggin of his and going in the net, maybe I'll change my mind. But for now, I'm entirely out on all Crystal Palace players. Um, in defense, uh, Watford defenders are popular as they should be, but West Ham last week continued their absurd run 
of eight matches straight scoring two plus goals, which is an insane statistic. They're only getting better with the return of Mauro Zarate and Andy Carroll. I know it's funny to say that Andy Carroll improves the team, but he does. So don't laugh too hard. Uh, they're probably about to be getting Alex Song back as well. That probably doesn't impact this match as much. But I, I love the Watford defenders, and I'm not saying you should sell them by any stretch. I'm just saying maybe don't start them this week because right now nothing can stop this just ridiculous West Ham attack who will perform last week, got a 2-1 win against Chelsea, missing Victor Moses as he couldn't play against his parent club, coming back this week, another player, way too low price, way too... Uh, little ownership, I think, is also worth a look. Mm-hmm. All good picks again, Kev. You're the you're the master genius of the start sit. You've ma- <laughs> I've I've taught I've taught you well, my young Padawan. <laughs> Thank you, Fasha. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> so I, I think you already you already covered your tra- your transfer, correct? You already who, who you brought in this week? Yeah, but I'm I'm on the edge of another. I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, yes, yeah, I, I did I did drop Gomez, brought in Icalo. I have yet to take that minus four deduction at any point that I should have taken from the Aguero thing. So I felt like I've been playing with house money on transfers. Uh, and I still have Yaya Torre on my side. And I still have Wijnaldum, who I still have faith in. Just like that one week wasn't who this player is. Last week with very little performance isn't who he is. Um, so my midfield as it stands right now, Wijnaldum, Torre, Payet, A.U. Mares. AU saved his spot last week. I was I was gonna drop him if he didn't do anything. Scored the goal. Like I said, have this gut feeling on Toure. Trigger fingers itching on whether or not to bring in Erickson for him instead. And then that, like I said, I have four or five in the bank, which is insane. But it's because I've tried to avoid this minus four. I uh, still even have Aguero. The obvious picks being Alexis or Otzel, like I keep saying, I, I literally physically can't do it because uh, of league rules for a league I'm in. Uh, De Bruyne for Toure, I could see doing, but I, I know you made some excellent points earlier. It's a little touchy on him and Silva, and I do prefer Silva, so I want to make sure he's fit first. I'm just kind of rambling at this point, but I would expect that I will make a second move come match day on Saturday. I'm just not sure which one yet. Yeah, and I, I mentioned it before that my move is probably going to be to Ericsson, but I'm on the fence because I, I'd be shipping out. I'm shipping out Coutinho. Yeah, uh, Coutinho. And, and I just, he he looks frustrating. Yeah, he looks so it's good. It's much like the Balassi thing. Is he doesn't contribute as much as you think he does, but when he yeah, does, it's obvious and it's exactly. hard. It's hard to read. Yeah, you know. So I have six four in the bank because I've already shipped Jesus. out Aguero. So I. I'm basically banking on everything. And my actual team value right now is 104.5. Nice. So, um, so my my move this week is either going to be one of two moves. I don't own a City midfielder. I don't own De Bruyne, and I don't own Silva. So I'm waiting for some more news on Silva because my Coutinho transfer out could – I'm either going to bring in Ericsson or I'm going to bring in De Bruyne Silva. Yeah. I have the money either way, and I don't. I don't own another city attacking player, so the move is kind of yeah. either and, way. And Erickson, I'm, unlike Kane, is probably a little more matchup proof in those tough matches that I used yeah. against Loris and Erickson or Loris and Kane. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, and I, I, and I, I like don't Erickson have City's lineup the, in front of me. Yeah. I like Erickson a little bit more 
from the midfielder perspective because he does take some a lot of the free kicks. Yeah, and he does score so, a lot of those. Yeah. You know, he's got he's got guys who are good in the air with their head, and yeah. so I'm all the world again. Like, I know we mentioned all the world last week as well. Got the assist on a wicked header that ended up being deflected with Kane being the one to tuck it in. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm on the fence of what I'm doing to be honest. I I really don't know. You know, I'm just this not, is great I'm advice probably, for the listeners, by the way. Both of us well, being like, uh. <laughs> well, I, I I basically broke it down as I'm going from Coutinho to either Ericsson or De Bruyne Silva. So I'm waiting for more news on the Silva front, and I'm waiting yeah, till Friday yeah, to I. do it. So yeah. uh, I can't. I don't want to jump to jump to decisions right now. My midfield minus after that would be Sanchez, Payet, Mares, Wijnaldum. And then up top, I'm Pella, Agalu, Vardy. And defensively, I'm still, still eh. I brought in, oh, I forgot to tell you what I did. I took a minus last week and brought in the defense. But I know it's not a good thing to do. But I kind of got itchy, and, and I had Ben, Davey, ben Davis. From, and he had lost his job to Danny Rose, yeah. Yeah, and, and guess who I brought in? Danny Rose. We got the assist for you. Covered, the, yeah. covered that spread. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. And then he got a card. So yeah. thanks, Danny Rose. Well. But, uh. <laughs> but yeah, I, my defensively, I'm I'm blah. I, I'm in my system where I have three of the four teams. I have yeah. Kolarov, I have Rose, I have Darmian. Uh, you know, if if Valencia didn't get injured and get a little nicked up, uh, it, it'd be interesting to see if Darmian actually got a play this week. I know he he started today. Yeah. Uh, but but Valencia is actually a little nicked up, so it'd be it's going to be interesting to see if Darmian comes back into the into the squad on the, this weekend. Uh, if Valencia is unable to go, because I'm kind of soured on Darmian, to be honest. Yeah, he's just not giving me enough. He's and we, not and we me knew enough. it. We knew it coming into the season, and we all mentioned it uh, at the summit as well, which apparently was mm-hmm. just summit day where we keep talking about that. But yeah. we mentioned it then that Valencia is the attacking option, Darmian is the defensive option, and we all got fooled by the assist week two and all the clean sheets. And for yep. some reason, everyone, and it's not just us, any fantasy pod you listen to, any articles you read, everybody bought in on Darmy and the ownerships all went crazy. And for some reason, we all collectively lost it. My theory is that Darmian is an evil psychic that implanted these thoughts in all of our heads that for some reason, how he played his entire career would be different now. And it's just not. It's just not. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I completely agree. I don't want Darmian in my side, but... I don't know how to replace it. I don't want Smalling in there. I know yeah, he's it's been the, la- the lateral the change rankings, to but... a yeah, yeah. The, the lateral change to a United defender isn't so clean cut. There, uh, you would I mean, you, you save, don't want to be like you save point three, but yeah, you're almost better off either bringing in an Arsenal defender like a Bellerin. Yeah, going from Darmian to Bellerin makes sense. Yeah, uh, just for the record, I know I keep complaining about this rule. Next year, you're going to have separate teams for the Tottenham League. Because, like, for this and other fantasy things that I do, it's starting to be really ridiculous when you see the likes of Monreal, who you called early in the season, the likes of Otzel, who you thought would bounce back, and not being able to own them is just insanely frustrating. So, yeah, I'm it, sure, and yeah. I'm sure it's much worse to listen to than to actually have to do it. I'm sure everyone's like, are you freaking stupid? What are you doing? Uh, but well, yeah, no, an Arsenal it, defender, I'd, I'd absolutely be on. And I loved your Gabriel call earlier, a, a, a player a lot of people are sleeping on because that one big profile moment with Costa turned a lot of people yeah, off him. Absolutely. You know, it, I mean, don't, 
be stupid. This keep it simple. <laughs> Great advice. Keep it simple. Don't be keep dumb. it simple. <laughs> don't be dumb. Uh, you know, don't go to like a phone store and then brag about your unlimited text minutes with everybody, and <laughs> and then have it and have it blow up in your face. <laughs> That's not a personal jab at all. I promise. <laughs> no. Okay. It's no. A, it's you a, know what? A, no. I have to defend yeah. myself now. That felt way too attacky. Okay, so here's what happened. We'll get to what we're drinking in a moment. Just kidding. I'll talk about it now. Rolling with Dark and Stormies. Had, I think, week two or week three. Love this drink. It's a good time. On my second. Rum's involved. But hold on. Because what happened was I had to get a new phone. Uh, and so I went to the store. And, you know, I'm sure you've been there. The, the the girl helping you is kind of cute, right? And so you can't be obtuse about it. But, you know, you comment on her riding boots, which I think are a great fashion accessory for the fall. Every girl should probably have a pair. Going, well, talk to her a little bit. And then she mentions what time she gets off work. And I was like, this is something that only happens in movies. This isn't a real thing. This is awesome. Pick her up. So, <laughs> sounds like penthouse. Sounds like penthouse forum. <laughs> Some, something like that, yeah. And so then go and get some pizza, like any person that's ever lived in New York. Uh, and so then throughout the conversation, come to realize that she's 19 years old. I'm 26. I'm not 19 at all. And so it just ended with us being like, yeah, we're never going to talk to each other ever again, right? Cool. And uh, so anyway, I, I, re- I heard your personal attack and I reject it because I did the honorable thing. And decided to never talk to that person ever again. Because a, a seven-year gap is super unacceptable. And uh, through that conversation, we did find out that when I got my first iPhone, uh, I was 17 and she was 19 currently. Uh, and that's not, that's not great, considering that was, what, eight years ago? So, yeah. All right. Wow. So, you can wow. you can take that vitriol and shove it, dear sir. Well, <laughs> I'm def- not sure we defense, need to go into that much detail at all. The defense but... rests. <laughs> you, you just let me ramble on until I made my case for you. That's an excellent totally, legal totally, tactic. Totally, totally. You just, you just... Solved everyone's problems with that whole diatribe of justice right there. I was like a so year you. and a month away from Chris Hansen showing up on that date. Uh, why, why don't you come in? Why don't you come in and sit down? Sit down, sir. Down. I'm already sitting down. I'm at a pizza place. What What are you talking about? But anyway. So, so, so did you? I'm surprised you didn't take her to like a like a toy store because she was bloody. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Seifu, the editor of the EPL Roundtable, has now informed me that anytime anything like that happens. Always offer to take them for a drink because that at least limits the cutoff to twenty one. Which... That that is the that is the norm. You're supposed to be like, hey, can I can I buy you a drink? And it's not in a bottle. Yeah, that's an excellent shout, and I will be paying more attention to both your and his advice in real life going forward. But if you're looking for fantasy advice, we love that you came to us, heard yeah, that ridiculous yeah, totally. story, but got a lot of good tidbits. Throughout the way, already mentioned dark and stormy for me. What have you been sipping on? I'm drinking PBR out of a the aluminum can. Classic. Better that way. Yeah, I am classy. I'm 100 percent classy. Do you have your I, monocle in? I, your, I do your, your twirly mustache working really well yeah. right now. As you ride your unicycle totally. around, all that. Totally. All that I have a, for you. I have a, I have a stove, stove, 
rooftop top hat and uh and I wear shoes with Velcro. That's, yeah, that's how classy I am. I mean, you're keeping it real. Any any tweed going on, like a tweed vest over a dress shirt, I, anything like that? No, I'm wearing a I'm, I'm wearing a seersucker suit. Oh, with a, with a with a ribbon bow tie, or you know, I'm wearing a bolo tie. Oh, nice. Bolo tie. But also still in the shape of a ribbon. That's yeah, that's how edgy exactly. and trendy you are. Okay, well, this got out of hand super fast at the end here. <laughs> Why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Uh, as always, you can find me at soccer.rasball.com. Or if you're on the Twitter machine, I'm at Smokey underscore Loogie. That's L-O-O-G-Y. And on a weekly basis, I'm always here on the FPL Fantasy Podcast with my host, Kevin. Yeah, uh, as always, host Kevroff on Twitter, at Kevroff. Uh, my resume changed a little bit this week. Uh, PlayTaga has disbanded the full team previews, and they're now listed under player updates and player profiles. So if you're reading anything about uh, Tottenham or Crystal Palace or uh, Sunderland players, that's me, but there aren't any full articles for you to have to dredge through anymore. <laughs> you can dredge through my article at uh, theeaglesbeak.com each week where I have a price point article on players you should bring in and take out of your side uh, and host the EPL roundtable, which comes out on Mondays and Fridays. And just to, to buff a Timbigo Meeks, I'll leave you with this. Although we've come to the end of the road, I just can't let go. It's unnatural. You unnatural. I belong to you. <laughs> wow. With that rendition. And I, I've become sterile. <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, this, this got off the rails real fast. But thanks for listening. Tune in next Thursday morning. More drinks, more fantasy advice, less boys to men singing. See you next time. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.